I'm Joe Haddo, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Long Listees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with Theakston's Old Peculiar, WH Smith, and The Express. Today I'm joined by an international best-selling author who trained as a journalist and wrote plays before turning her hand to crime fiction. She's since published 40 books, including non-fiction and short story collections, and has sold over 16 million copies worldwide. Here to talk about her latest novel, How the Dead Speak, is Val McDermott. Hello, welcome. Hi there, Joel. Welcome. It's lovely to speak to you from afar. Yes, it's uh, some distance. I'm up in Edinburgh just now uh, and actually quite enjoying the, the lockdown in the sense that the streets of Edinburgh, when they're empty, are very beautiful. Yes, I bet. Well, coming up to August is when, you know, Edinburgh transforms into this sort of yeah. circus and you can't move, can you? But it's going to be a very different, very different August probably this year, I think. It is, yes. I mean, normally I spend, I spend most of August in Charlotte Square at the book festival. You know, the, the yurt in the book festival, the yeah. author's yurt becomes my office for <laughs> August. You know, if you want her, you'll find her there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and ha has lockdown been as busy as ever for you or have you it's, managed to sort of rest? It's been pretty busy, really, because this is the time of year when I would be effectively in lockdown. Because I, I write my books basically between January and, and March, April. Yeah. Um, but this and, and I don't do much in the way of gigs during that time. I don't do many festivals or library events. But because of the lockdown, Everybody wants content. So I've been doing lots of podcasts and virtual events and things. So I've actually done in a funny kind of way, ironic way, more than I would normally do outside the house, as it were. <laughs> but uh, it's good. I mean, I've, uh, I've not found it too difficult because, as I say, this is the time of year when I would mostly stay at home. Uh, and I'm lucky enough to be in lockdown with, with my partner, Joe, who, you know, I actually like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it is helps. not always the case, people. I mean, you know, I think, uh, I think not everybody is, has, is as cheery in lockdown as we are together. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I feel sorry for those people who sort of accidentally got locked down in some way they maybe shouldn't have been or didn't yeah. want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so congratulations on being longlisted for Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award. Um, let's talk about this book then. Um, it's a, a mystery that launches um, and it, it begins with a discovery of human remains in an old convent. For those that haven't got to the book yet, can you tell us a bit more? Well, as you say, it begins uh, with uh, a, a former convent which is being redeveloped into uh, luxury apartments. Uh, and when the bulldozers move in, they discover... Uh, a lot of bones in the grounds, uh, some quite distant past, but not you know, not hugely distant past, and some more recent. And as the excavation goes on, they discover a second cache of bodies, which are very definitely not belonging to the convent, because the convent was a, a home for young girls, and these are the bodies of young men. And so it becomes a question mark of how did the original bodies meet their fate, and and is somebody to be held responsible? And who do these other bodies belong to? And uh, it becomes a case that uh, Carol Jordan and, and Tony Hill are immediately uh, sucked into, but not in the usual way, since they're not in their usual situations. I don't want to say too much. Because, no, you can't uh, say too much. can't no. say too much. But, uh, uh, but also at the heart of the book are, are the, the relationships within the, the major incident team. And Paula plays a really crucial role uh, as a bridge, really, between Tony and Carol for much of the book. Mm. 
And this is, if I'm right in thinking, the 11th book that features mm. Carol and Tony. What is it about writing series and, and returning characters that you enjoy? Uh, I like I like the the sense of a character that develops over time. Uh, in the in the golden age, uh, there was no real character development in series. It didn't much matter what order you read Poirot or Miss Marple in; they were essentially the same. The, the only thing that happens with Miss Marple is her arthritis gets a bit worse. <laughs> but generally speaking, there is no self consciousness. There's no sense of events having an impact. But I think for contemporary writers and for contemporary readers they expect people to carry the weight of their past with them, that events have consequences. And so for me, there's an interesting challenge in, in looking at, at what the events that, are, that shape them are and how they've changed them, what impact they've had. And I think the Tony and Carol of book 11 are pretty different in many respects from the Tony and Carol of book one. Uh, and that, really is how this series started. I intended it to be a standalone, The Mermaid Singing. Yeah. Um, but I found, I thought the characters were interesting, both in terms of their professional lives and in terms of their personality. I thought there are more things I can say about these characters. When I was speaking to Jane Casey, who is also longlisted for the prize, she was saying about her character, Maeve Kerrigan, that she really enjoys the sort of going along with her almost. In every book, she learns something knew about the character and and that is quite satisfying as an author to be able to see the progression and to learn with the characters as well yeah you can explore the possibilities uh, every book begins with i suppose with me thinking about uh, the impact of what happened in the book before and exploring mm. what what the result of that will be um and because i don't write my series characters back to back uh, I always have a gap between them. Yeah. I always do something different. So I do a Karen Piri or I'll do a standalone. And that means when I come back to Tony and Carl, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, I want to find out where they're up to, what's happened since, um, and, and where I can take them next. So I always come back to them with a sense of excitement. There's never a, a sense of, oh, God, it's January. I have to let another <laughs> Detective Inspector grumpy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's like you're actually, it's a bit like lockdown. You're happy to see them. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go so far as to actually want to hug them. No, no, probably not, no. I think that would be pushing it. Um, you host the new Blood panel at Harrogate each I year. Do, yes. And a lot of the authors on our long list have been on that panel. And they've all said how amazing it's been for them. Um, how do you start choosing your panel each year? I read. Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of uh, first novels, debut novels sent to us um, through, the, through the festival. Yeah. Uh, they send them to the, the, the festival and then they come to me. But also I get quite a lot sent to me anyway, directly by publishers, by authors. And in any given year, solid, probably between 50 and 70 arrive in the course of, of that year. Um, and I, I, get, I get stuck into them. Um, and I have a very clear idea what I'm looking for. Mm. Um, I'm looking for something that's fresh. Uh, something I haven't come across before. So it, it's, it's either an exciting voice or an exciting take on the storytelling. Uh, but that, what I'm looking for is firstly, something that I haven't read before. And secondly, something that feels like it has promise. Mm. Um, and uh, that's, that's the basis that I work my way through the pile of books. And, and I'm very, it's a very privileged position to, to have a sort of bird's eye view of, of where the genre is going in the eyes of new practitioners. <laughs> uh, and also to get you know sort of first bite of the cherry at some some really great new writers and honestly the caliber seems to get better year on year and the job gets harder and harder <laughs> year on year 
And I find myself going around apologising to people on book two or three and saying, look, I'm sorry you weren't on New Blood, but it's just like it was a really good year and you just missed the cut, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's so funny because um, when I've been talking to these people who've been on the panel before, they say, you know, they, they've often gone and watched the panel as just an audience member as someone who's been at Harrogate who's, you know, hoping to, to get their book published. And then the next year they find themselves up there with you and they're like, oh, I can't believe it. But the, um, I think I was talking to, to um, Ian Kim Braithwaite, who wrote My Sister the Serial Killer. Yeah. She, she was saying how funny it was that the audience reaction to when she was explaining about the just the plot of her book and everyone went, ooh. And, you know, it's, a, it's such um, it's such a... Re- there's such a great atmosphere in that room, isn't there, from the people yeah, and who come I, and, and watch it? Although we're going to do a virtual event this year, but um, it won't be the same because there won't be that audience reaction. But but the people who come to Harrogate and the people who follow the Theakstons Festival, they're 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 fans. They're aficionados. They've read all my books. They've read all Mark Billingham's books and Chris Brookbyer's books. They want fresh meat. Yeah. And so the 750 people that crowd into that ballroom to listen to the <laughs> New Blood panel are desperate. They're eager to find the next, the next thing, uh, the, 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 the next writer who's going to carry them through the years. Mm. And they certainly do, because you've picked some fantastic people over the years. Um, and this list of 18 books is, is another, you know, astonishing list of titles and authors. I imagine you've read quite a few of them being such a voracious reader and knowing almost everyone, I imagine, on, on that list. Do you have any that have sort of stood out for you this year? Well, um, I, I have to say, you, you mentioned Ayinkan Braithwaite, and uh, I think it's, it's a tribute to Ayinkan's work. That she's on this long list with a debut novel. You know, last year she was on New Blood. This year she's on the long list. Yeah. And that's happened to a few writers. It happened to Will Dean as well, um, you know, on the, on the New Blood, a year or two later on the long list. Um, but it's, it's not... Um, it's not a tribute to my talent spotting. It's a tribute to the, the quality of what's coming through. Uh, Ayinkan's book's great. I mean, it's really different. You won't read anything quite like it this year. And the rest of the list is, I think it's a tremendous list. I mean, when, when it came out, I tweeted it saying, here is, your, here is your lockdown reading. Because every single book on that list deserves to be read. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, obviously I have to support my, my fellow Scots, you know, sort of Brookbyer and Denise Minor and Abir Mukherjee, and, you know, because we write really good books. Um, but, you know, other, other, other nationalities are available. <laughs> but there's certainly a sort of Scottish takeover on this list. It's, yeah. you know, it's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, and I think, I think, um, I think what characterises the current crop of Scottish crime fiction is a really um, powerful engagement with contemporary life. Even when we're writing historical fiction, we're still writing it in a way that engages with contemporary life. Mm, very much so. And you, you, you yourself, you're a, you're a sort of self-confessed news junkie as well. So do you take on a lot of what's happening to put into your novels, do you think? I think, I don't think about it in those conscious terms, mm. but I think by osmosis, the stuff that I'm taking in, the stuff that I that I care about the stuff that I, I rant at the radio or the TV about is, is the stuff that finds its way thematically sometimes and sometimes just for the odd little aside into the mm. books um, because all writers write about what concerns them um, and it's just that if you're not interested in politics or whatever politics won't find its way into your books but if you are interested in, in society and politics they will find your way into your books because they're part of the, your mindset yeah 
And another big love and interest for me and many others and many other crime writers is music, of course. And along with many other things like Harrogate and book festivals, the live music scene has had to sort of shut down. Um, And I was just wondering, that probably had an effect on you, didn't it? And the fun-loving crime writers, because no doubt you had some gigs booked for, for this summer. Yeah, we had a whole slate of gigs booked right from the, the late spring right through the summer. Um, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, um, we were actually offered a day's programming at Edinburgh Book Festival this year. Um, I don't think they'll do that again. <laughs> I think we missed out on that one, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it, and we were, I, was, I was talking to Luca the other day. I was, I was doing his podcast with, with, uh, with him and Steve Kavanagh. And uh, we were talking about how much we missed it, how much we missed... The, the making the music, yeah. but also just that camaraderie of when the six of us get together, that, that we've really built a sort of strong friendship. There's a real, real sense of our gang, you know, that sort of got each other's backs. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, a really important thing for writers because so much of our lives are very solitary. Mm. And I think particularly making music, it's, it's good for you physically and spiritually and psychologically. Uh, I mean, we come off we come off the stage and we're all absolutely high. It's just a great <laughs> feeling, uh, and uh, you, you stay feeling good for for days afterwards. That's a real it's a real buzz, and and you feel physically good. You know, knackered but physically good. <laughs> I mean, I you know, as as a very very lucky person like yourself who's had the chance to play Glastonbury. You know, there is and and various other gigs as well. Like you, there is no other feeling like it is there than playing yeah. live music to an audience in a in a sort of surrounding like that but i tell you the very first gig we did at the edinburgh book festival uh four years ago uh and we opened the show i sing solo the twa corby's a cappella yeah. traditional scottish murder ballad and just before we were about to go on stage we were in the yurt at the at the author's yurt uh, and uh, a friend of mine, I uh, saw a friend of mine across the yard and I just wanted to go and say hello to him. And he was speaking to a woman who had her back to me. I didn't know who it was. And uh, I went over to say hi. And he said, oh, Val, have you met Maddie Pryor? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I'm about to go on stage and sing a traditional song, a cappella, and Maddie Pryor's in the house. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> I was terrified. Um, but uh, she did say to me, the next time I bumped into her, she did say to me, you know, that you were all terrific. And she said, your opening was fantastic. Oh, so, see? It's a really nice thing it. to hear. But for, the, for that moment, you know, my, my heart just turned to ice. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's better not to know who's in the audience, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, back to the award very briefly before we let you go then. You've, you've won this award uh, twice and you've been shortlisted many, many times. What does the Thixon Old Peculiar Crime Robber of the Year Award mean to you? Well, it's something that's very dear to my heart, actually, because I, I was one of the founders of the festival right back at the beginning. Uh, and uh, I've actually won the award once and I was given the outstanding contribution. So I have two barrels, but, uh, but just one of them. Ah, is yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, um, and so hopefully it'll be twice this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah it's, three it's, barrels. <laughs> three barrels, yes. Uh, but no, it, it, it means a lot to me, because, and also because it's a, 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 an award that fans have a contribution to. People vote. So you have a sense of when you, when you win or when you get, make it to the shortlist that it's not just a group of judges sitting in a smoke-filled room, uh, that, uh, that people have actually read the book and taken pleasure from it. And that means a lot too. And that is one of the things, again, that I'll really miss about 
Harrogate this year. It's it's not just winning awards. It's about the fact that you have an interaction with readers that is unique. People come up and talk to you and are not afraid to express how much joy your work has given them. <laughs> and that is something that is, is, you know, again, we spend a lot of time on our own sitting, staring at a screen. And to hear those words, that's the kind of thing that keeps you going on, on the days when you're looking at the page and thinking, this book is rubbish, nobody's going to read this book, it's terrible, I hate it, it makes no sense. But then there was that really nice woman who came up to me at the breakfast room. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it kind of lifts you up a bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're so right about, you know, the interaction with readers and crime fiction lovers. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's something we're all really going to miss this year, but we're going to make up for in the yeah. years to come, no doubt. And yeah. the book we're talking about, of course, is How the Dead Speak. It's by Val McDermott. It's published by Sphere. And as Val said, it's an audience vote for the shortlist. So if you want to see Val on that shortlist, why don't you head over to harrogatefeastoncrimeaward.com and place your vote there. And if you haven't had a chance to read the book yet, why not order yourself a copy from WH Smith? And as Val said, there's a perfect lot of lockdown reading on that list. Um, so it's a shame we can't be stood outside the old swan with a glass in hand, Val, but it's been lovely to speak to you. Uh, after, afterwards. Afterwards, yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks, thank Joe. you so much. Take care.